Welcome to the Becoming Fully Free podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Bradley, Certified Holistic Health Coach and Nutritionist. And if you're ready to get focused on what it takes to create not just a body that you love and healthy habits that feel easy, but also building a life that feels so aligned, so empowering, and so fun, you've come to the right place. So buckle up, sister, because your life is about to change. All right, guys, today we have a special guest on Becoming Fully Free. We have my girl, Dina, who runs a business called Enough Labs, where she helps women create their badass within and helps them to rewire their self-talk so that they can become more confident and create the life of their dreams, the life that they've always wanted to live. So in this interview, we talk about kind of our own experiences with not feeling like we're enough, whether it is due to our weight, um, intelligence, like that was always my thing. I never really thought I was all that smart. And so that kept me playing small for a long time. We dive into that. We talk about why we think women struggle so much when it comes to their enoughness and how to build more confidence. And we also talk about the idea of self-care in a different way. We're not talking bubble baths and manicures and pedicures. Like those things are great, but Dina goes into her favorite ways to implement self-care and what she recommends for women who are busy and stressed. And the minute they hear self-care, like their eyes glaze over because that just seems like a nice to have type of thing instead of something that is absolutely necessary so that they can create the life that they really love. So I hope you love this episode. I'm going to leave all of Dina's, you know, where you can find her on Instagram, her website, all of that in the show notes. So enjoy the episode and I'll see you next time. Bye. All right, guys, I'm here with my girl, Dina, and I asked her to come on to Becoming Fully Free because I... I mean, Dina, you're going to tell us all about your business and stuff, but you know, becoming fully free is all about creating a life that feels aligned, empowering, and really fun at the same time. And I talk a lot about nutrition on here, as you guys know. So what I want when I bring guests on is to kind of bring a different flavor. So Dina, I want you to tell us about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you do, what drove you to create your business enough labs. So you know what? Just go for it. Take the floor. I love it. Well, first of all, Lauren, thank you for having me on. It's such an honor. I love what you do. And I love that the universe conspired to connect us together at that like incredible, powerful weekend. Oh my God. Let's summer. talk about that. Actually. Yeah. Let's Can we? How we like, is that yeah. <laughs> literally, we'll, we'll start there. I mean, okay. that was, I oftentimes tell you that it was the seed that planted the drive to want to chase this like lifestyle that I'm creating right now, right? And, and supporting women in the most authentic way. You curated this incredible weekend, Sister Soul Summit, right? And it was just such a powerhouse weekend of like motivation. And like, I felt like it was like shaking me awake. Mm-hmm. And I it felt like that too, like yeah. leading the event. Like yeah. I, I look back, I still look back on this one picture of me from that event. And I'm like, oh my God, like that picture just embodies everything I was feeling in that moment. Ugh. It's still like such a happy feeling, you know? Cause you're in flow. You're like totally in alignment, like where you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It was so powerful. And so I met you, I guess it's like, is it two or three years now? Two? Two maybe. 
Yeah, like it's two. Yeah, yeah, about two. Yeah. Yep, yep, right. yep. So two years ago. And so, um, so my name's Dina. I am originally from Massachusetts, but now currently live in Washington, D.C. And I, uh, in 2020, had this bold, audacious idea to create a coaching practice called Enough Labs. And at Enough Labs, um, it's essentially working to dismantle the narrative that tells women and girls that we are constantly not enough of something. And um, I work with women and girls uh, through one-on-one coaching, through small group coaching programs, also developing partnerships to work inside schools and community centers, um, and also doing some really cool like workshops and retreats in between. Um, I've been busy. 2020 has like, <laughs> given me the, like, the space to just grow and get curious and and just like I said like 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 pour water over that dream and that seed that was planted two years ago because I looked at all the women in the room who were speaking and I was like I want their life <laughs> I want <laughs> And your podcast, Fully Free, I mean, it is about like creating that sense of freedom for you, Mm -hmm. right? And through Enough Labs, I personally believe like the mission that surrounds this is that it's all about our own liberation. The moment in which we tell ourselves and believe it that we are enough, I think it's like, that's, that's what Fully Free means to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, and that's a big reason why I wanted to have you on here because I think, you know, when I talk about becoming fully free, it's a lot of food freedom and mindset and and body image stuff. Um, But that's all rooted in something different, right? Like it's never a food problem. It's never a body or a weight problem. It's all rooted in not feeling enough in some other area right? So what are some of the most like common things that you see with your clients where they're just Mm. feeling like not enough? Right. Well, like you just said, and I love your approach to the way you coach your clients because it really is about something deeper. And I think sometimes I'm not a nutritionist nor am a fitness coach, but I know that it absolutely is tied to something bigger and sometimes food and exercise are the things that we can kind of control. Exactly. So I think with women, depending on how you grew up, what types of messaging you were receiving, at some point along your path, you picked up the cue that you're not blank enough. So either you're not thin enough or you're not, or you don't have enough weight on you if we're talking about weight. Or if you want to say, I could never go after this thing that sets my soul on fire because I'm not smart enough. I'm not resilient enough. So I think a lot of women, I think oftentimes that I come into contact with struggle with two primary things around never enough. It's about, um, it's, it's about capability and not thinking that they have the chops to go after the thing. Um, Or it's something that's like outside of themselves externally, whether it be the way they look or the way their body is, or um, some talent that they want to sort of showcase, but in comparison to everyone else. Mm -hmm. I would say it really falls into those two buckets. And I think it frankly holds us so it holds so many of us backwards from just stepping into the life that we're supposed to live. Yeah, I agree. I I can't even tell you, like I had wanted to start my business five or six times before I actually did it, like five or six years before I actually started. And it was because I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't fit enough. I didn't like, I wasn't a good writer. Like people were going to judge my grammar, you know, like we think those things that that's what matters. But really, like, 
people just need you. Like they need yeah. to know what you have to say. If you have something on your heart that you want to put out there, like that's what people need. And, you know, and I have this thing like about my teeth too. I'm like, my teeth are too crooked. Like who, who fucking cares about my teeth? You know what okay. I mean? Like, so, so pause, pause. First of all, I'm on your email list. So you're an incredible writer. I follow you on social media. You're so creative. You're beautiful. Okay. Fit enough. Uh, hello, body goals. Come on. These are all things. And then beyond all of the surface stuff, right? You're so much more beyond that. Right. And things that you may not have even been able to step into yet. That's like, you know, it's coming down the pike. Yeah. So I feel like all of these things hold us back because we're sitting there like comparing ourselves to this like mm -hmm. artificial litmus test when it like really the secrets out, like no one cares. Yeah, nobody <laughs> does. And that's like something I've learned over and over and over again doing this. I'm like, even still, like I still get these, these hits of like, I can't post that picture. Like that's a terrible picture of me. And then I'm like, nobody cares. No one cares. Like it. you're the only one who cares, you know, but we do let that stuff really affect us. You know, I, I remember, um, all the way back in high school, I had this writing teacher and I said to him, like, I just wasn't, I, I couldn't get my thoughts out of my brain onto paper in the way that I wanted it to sound. And I said that to him and I was like, listen, I'm like, I'm never going to be a writer because like, this is so difficult for me. This is never something that I'm going to do. So like, I don't know why this matters. <clears throat> and he wrote me this whole email back and he was like, writing is what I live for. I live for like my students writing. He's like, when you say that to me, it's like, you're just punching me in the gut. And he's like, I want to help you. I want to help you be a better writer. And I look back on that and I'm like, that is so, and I wish I could find him. I actually tried to find mm -hmm. him just to be like, this is what I'm doing now. And I still, every time I struggle with writing, I still remember that. It's like words have so much power. And at the end of the day where you put a comma, doesn't really matter so much. No. You know what I mean? I mean, I hear you on the writing. I totally get what you mean. I mean, before my entree into coaching, I have worked in consulting firms where writing is like your passport, right? Mm -hmm. And I have had a ton of bosses rip my writing apart, like, and, and, and proverbial, like really break me down into like, what am I even doing? And I think beyond like not having the skill to write well, it goes beyond that. It's like, well, you're not good at anything. Mm -hmm. You'll take on this like extreme application of what someone else's feedback of you is. Yeah. I had a boss even tell me that I needed to enroll in a writing course. And I've had another boss who like literally read through every single email before I was able to send it. I mean, the, the amount mm -hmm. of like, you know, micromanagement and, and, and this stuff stays lodged in you. And I know I'm not alone in this. Like other women who are in careers are getting this type of feedback from men or women. And then that gets lodged in them somewhere really deep. And then to truly untangle that from the truth, it takes some work. <laughs> it really does. I mean, and that's why I think like you ask anybody, like what's a memory you have about somebody making a comment on your body or somebody talking about your writing? Like those memories are so crystal clear in our minds. But then you ask them, well, when's the last time somebody complimented you or right. said like, oh, this was a great like email you wrote or whatever. We have no idea. And, and, and like, it's, it's how our brain is yeah. 100% how it's wired. It's how we're built. But 
working to undo that and to be like, okay, just because this person said this, I don't have to make it mean anything takes so much practice. And I think it's these little things that keep us stuck for so long and keep us stuck in this, I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. It's not for me. When really like, I think all of us really are missing out on so much of our own potential because of those thoughts. You know, Lauren, I oftentimes share with people because of what there's a statistic that completely inspired me to create enough labs. Mm -hmm. It's that a girl's confidence peaks at age nine. And so when you think about what is happening in the trajectory of a girl between 10 to say adulthood and all of those little experiences that are kind of chipping away at her confidence or her self-esteem, really those get lodged somewhere. And the work that it takes to unpack that and undo that and really unlearn it, whew, and I, before I started my business, I was doing some, you know, market research, mm-hmm. <laughs> which meant I invited a bunch of my girlfriends who I totally respect over wine, and some, like, <laughs> you know, appetizers and, and just ask them questions. And I'm telling you the, the quickness that women could share what was like one of their most painful memories between like 10 and 15, easy. When I asked them that exact same question, when could, could you remember the best compliment you got? crickets. Mm -hmm. So the fact, and we're talking about now, but if you think about it, it goes back even further where you're unable to really even separate yourself from the negative things that were told to you. That's what reinforces that negative self-talk. Yeah. I wonder if, I think it might be a cool exercise. And if anybody wants to do this, do it and tag us in it on um, Instagram. I'll leave all the info for that in the show notes, but find a picture of your nine-year-old self and think about you know, what she was thinking and what she was going through and things that happened before and after. And, and I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I've done it. I've done it yeah. on, on my social media and I, I think it's a great idea. I totally would love to see that. And oh my God. I have the best picture of me. Again. I think I was like seven. I have these yeah. like wild bangs. Oh my God. I'll have to post it. I have to do it now. I'll do it. I love it. I love um, it. We'll so both good. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to like, I, I you know, I hate saying self-care. I feel like that's such a like overused term. Like I just wish I could think of a better word for it. But (sighs) I think that that is such a big part of of this whole conversation, right? Like if we're forever putting ourselves down because of what people say and we're neglecting ourselves and we're not living life the way that we want to, like that is the most heartbreaking thing for me when women – you know, come to me and they're like, I I need coaching. I need help. Like I can't spend another day doing this. And then it comes down to doing the thing and they're like, no. Mm. And it just like hurts my heart because it's like, you're just neglecting yourself and you actually have no idea how much better your life can be. Because like what I do is so much more than just nutrition coaching. What you do is so much more than just like digging up that stuff and working through it. It really is like your life will change once you stop holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. you know? So what are some ways that you work with your clients to kind of dig them out of that, that hole, like, I don't want to call it a hole, but to like mm-hmm. kind of burst through those barriers that yeah. they put on themselves? Well, I think it comes back to that word I used about unlearning, mm-hmm. right? And I think going back to your comment about self-care being this like dirty overused word, I think it's been like shared on Instagram tens of millions of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> self-care is so overused, but I think it's also like our salvation. Because just like you said, with working with clients, the desire is there, but to actually taking the next step to giving yourself what you truly need mm-hmm. and answering the call to what's going on in your, the depths of your soul 
is what like scares people the hell away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, it really does. And I admittedly have struggled with like getting a self-care routine in place. And sometimes I'm like, all right, listen, I'll, I'll do it here and there, but not applying it consistently. I've been guilty of it as well. And I think the times that I've really abandoned myself, it goes so much deeper than like not getting a manicure or like taking time for myself to meditate. It's like an experience where I am consciously choosing to disconnect from myself. And the more that we're completely disconnected from ourselves, the more that we can't really identify what our needs are. So perhaps that client who's coming to you and like, oh my God, I love what you're doing. And yes, I need to do this. And you're like, cool, let's get a plan in place. They're like, oh, wait, because how long have they been spending being completely disconnected from themselves? Mm -hmm. So I think like that essence of self-care and doing something consistently, whatever it is and whatever it looks like that makes sense for you. It's not about like, you know, getting the massage or getting the facial or doing these like external things. It's like, how are you loving on yourself? How are mm -hmm. you allocating that time? Because you know that you're worth it. So I think like the connection for me of how I work with my clients is that oftentimes we get so bogged down in staying in this space of what we're not, of what we're not good enough at, that we spend all of this extra energy trying to get better at that thing, as opposed to <laughs> really like just doing the thing, exploring it, getting curious, like giving mm. ourselves grace when it doesn't, when it's a flop of whatever it looks like. Yeah. So I think that there's fun ways to engage. And I think it's also, I try to work through my, with my clients to work through like, what does the balance look like? And I think you can appreciate this. A lot of times I'll work with clients who want to reach certain goals and they'll say, I have to do this you know, five times a week at this time in order to stay consistent. And I'm like, but have you ever asked yourself, what does consistency look like for you? Mm -hmm. What is it? What does it mean to you? Because maybe showing up and doing meditation twice a week feels really good to you, as opposed to the thing that you're doing that you're resenting, but you're saying, I have to do it. Right. And like that comes down from things that we were told and things that we've unconsciously picked up. So I think it all comes down to taking time for yourself is what I tell my clients a lot. As cliche as it is, sometimes it's so basic that we miss it. And then also finding that balance to really determine and define what, is, what does it look like for you? If you could send a signal out to say, this is what I want and this is what it looks like, like define what it would take for you to get there that would feel really good for you. Mm, yeah. I love that. Mm. I, I, anytime I find myself saying I have to do something, I've gotten really good at like kind of checking myself, like I have to send out an email today. Like, no, I don't. Right. Or right. like, I have to, I have to, I did this to myself uh, yesterday morning. It was 7.15. I was like, all right, I have to get out of bed. And I was like, no, I don't. And then I slept <laughs> for another hour and a half. I'm Love like, and, and like sometimes, yeah, like you have to brush your teeth. You have to like <laughs> take care of your children. Like there are certain things that we have to do, right? Yeah. But when it comes down to like, oh, I have to exercise today. No, you don't. I have to eat vegetables. No, you don't. You can choose to, or you can choose mm -hmm. not to. And if you're choosing not to do the things that are going to nourish you, like that's when we ask ourselves why. And what I say to my clients all the time is play detective, not judge. Don't judge yourself mm. for so not eating the vegetables and eating all the pizza. Ask yourself, I wonder why I did that. And when mm. we can do that, it's, it's a much more compassionate place to come yeah. from. And we can learn so much about ourselves that way. And I think that this goes back to the whole self-care piece because it's like, I think it's important too to kind of determine what, why we're buffering or why we're distracting ourselves or why instead of doing the 10-minute meditation that we say we don't have time for, 
Are we sitting on the couch with Netflix on scrolling on our phone? not really paying attention to anything going on around us. Like we have the time, but what is it that we're afraid of if we do slow down and we do start taking care of ourselves? And I'm actually reading this book called The Joy Diet right now. And that's a question that she asked. She's like, if you're afraid to sit in silence for 15 minutes, what are you afraid of finding out? Like, what are you afraid of? And it's like, we're not taught ever to sit with our thoughts and to work through thoughts. What we're taught is don't feel them, and if you do feel them, do whatever you can to buffer them away. So that's and when also we- really run. Yeah, like it's like full full blown escapism right now, mm-hmm. especially with what's going on in the world. Absolutely. And you know, I think to to your point, I mean, allowing yourself to get curious about it as opposed to being judgmental. But but I mean, that image of like someone sitting on the couch watching Netflix and scrolling on social media, doing absolutely none of the things that they're actually sitting and doing, yeah. but actually being afraid of what might come up. Mm-hmm. And then the sheer thought of something coming up, let me do everything I can to run, to run out, you know, yeah. run away from that feeling. Yeah. And I will say mm-hmm. like, I still do that. Like I actually did it last night. I had Schitt's Creek on the TV. I'm scrolling through my phone. I had just read a chapter in in the book and I was like, all right, I should do my 15 minutes of silence right now. But I had been feeling kind of like agitated and anxious Mm -hmm. all day. And I was like, I I literally can't. Like, I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin doing Mm -hmm. this, you know? But that's why. And I asked myself, I'm like, what are you afraid of? And I was like, I just don't want to feel like this right now. And so I decided it wasn't the best thing for me to do, whether that was the right choice or not. I don't know. But like when we can just get real with ourselves and get honest, like, I just don't want to feel shitty right now. Like I want to distract myself as long I think as we're aware of that. It's like, we can't judge ourselves for it and we can't get upset with ourselves for it because we're making a mindful choice to do the thing. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's something that I think I wish women would give themselves more permission to not need to have like the right choice or Mm -hmm. the right decision. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's a choice and it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't mean life or death. Mm -hmm. Right. In that moment, you have chosen to do something. Do you have to go down a rabbit hole of beat up and like make that be the, you know, this is now the story. This is now the narrative. I can't do anything. I'm never good enough, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Or do you say, okay, that happened. And now I get to pivot. Mm -hmm. Now I get to choose differently. Like, you know, I'm sure that you work with clients who, who talk about maybe a night where they ate a ton of ice cream or something that they know it doesn't make them feel good. But mentally, I'm sure, you know, the science of the brain, like I want that right now. I'm going to eat it. I don't care. Even if I feel like crap after, Mm -hmm. okay, that happened. We get to move on. Yeah. <laughs> so I think sometimes we fatalize things and like in our minds of like, this is the worst thing that could happen. And I, there's no possible way that I can move forward. But when in fact, like you can, it's just like the negative self-talk will, will take, like take center stage mm-hmm. and be like, you see, we told you. <laughs> hmm Yeah. And I think having, so let's talk about that too. So if you're mm-hmm. working with a client or even like doing some self-coaching on yourself and you find that negative self-talk is really like dragging mm-hmm. you down, what are a couple things that you recommend people do to kind of like snap out of that and yeah. spring into like more positive action? Totally. Um, 
I mean, I oftentimes find that when you're reeling from an emotion, like you were mentioning about like feeling agitated or maybe anxious. I had a really bad conversation with a family member the other day and I was just like reeling in my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you allow yourself to stay in that space and don't actually take a step back, it will, first of all, completely ruin your mood Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and paralyze you from doing anything else. So I'm a huge proponent of, shifting the energy in that moment, doing something else to kind of like get yourself out of whatever that funk has been, whether it's like, I'm going to now cook a meal and I'm going to be super present and really mindful about doing that task. I think it's all about really shifting energy Mm -hmm. because the longer that you ruminate in these thoughts, I think the more that the power that the negative self-talk takes, takes over. Um, I would say Again, maybe cliche to some folks listening, but I think getting something out on paper so that it's not Mm -hmm. staying up here is really powerful too. And sometimes people are, you know, really turned off at the idea that they have to like write these long journal entries. I'm a huge fan of like fill up half a page, get it all out and just Mm -hmm. like make peace with it. Like it no longer stays within you. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll leave with like one thing that I'm not a fan of when you are reeling from some kind of like negative self-talk, whether it's brought on by someone else or your own, I don't think it helps to like immediately run to someone in that moment. And I ha- I, I feel compelled to share that. Like, it's not about what do I tell my, what would I tell people not to do? But I feel like it needs to be said. Yeah. Because I think sometimes like I know I've done it when I'm feeling like I've been wronged by someone or I'm feeling really, shitty about something that I've, you know, done in like my life. I, I know that I'm trying to run to people that are going to validate me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing wrong with having great friends that build you up. Don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. But I think it's problematic when we're looking to other people to validate the things that we can't validate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it gets us stuck in that pattern of not being able to just take a moment and say, this, this thing that I'm making up about myself isn't true. I know that I'm this, I know that I'm like, if I'm feeling really nerdy about something that I'm trying to put out there for enough labs and I ask people like, well, what do you think? And what do you think? And I'm like, well, why can't you just give that to yourself yeah. for just a moment, take a step back and, and say like, cause it's really perpetuating that cycle of you're never enough, but you, you will only be enough once someone else validates you. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, you, you it's, it's, it's vicious. <laughs> you can't get out of that, of that pattern if you're constantly showing up in that way. Mm. And so you have to kind of like, if you want to stop, maybe like there's an, a, an argument like to, to, you know, link the, our two worlds. If you, and I, I know I've talked to you about this cause I, I worked with you for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to break a pattern where I wasn't losing the weight, one of my biggest things was I was snacking at night. So shift it, <laughs> like, yeah. stop watching TV. Whereas, whereas I usually like to snack. Okay. I've got to, I've got to switch it up. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want different, you have to show up different. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of like physically moving your body when you're feeling some kind of way. Like that was something right at the beginning of quarantine. I said to all of my clients, I'm like, if anxiety is kicking in, if stress is kicking in, first of all, 
shut the news off. We're not, my people yeah. don't watch the news. It's not allowed because guess what? You're going to get all the information that you need. Um, a lot of them have come off Facebook. A lot of, you know, we kind of talked about all these strategies, but the one thing I said to them was if you're feeling some kind of way, move your body. Go, I swear to God, a walk is like the closest thing we're going to get to a magic wand to like instantly change how we're thinking, how we're feeling. It's going to shift your mood and it can be like a 10 minute walk. Um, but I love that. I love moving the energy. And I also think something else you said about like when you're trying to make a decision and you start polling people, it's really, really important in those times to pause and say, okay, what do I want? Yeah. Like I know we're looking for that validation and we think everybody else has the answers, but we always know what we want. This is why with my clients too, I don't allow them to tell me, I don't know. Mm. Like, well, what are you feeling right now? I don't know. Yes, you do. Like, and if you really don't, like we're going to figure it out because yeah. the only way through is through. Right. But when we start saying like, do you think this is a good business idea? Do you think, should I use this picture? Should I say it like this? What do you think about this? I remember a business coach saying that, um, she used to send her emails to her brothers, her sisters, her mom, just to have them read it and just to make sure it was okay, you know? And, but that's so real. Yeah. But then it's like, well, what if I just do it? You know? Yeah. And my whole thing is like, I've gotten to this point where I'm like, okay, if people don't like what I have to say, if they don't like that all of my stuff has typos in it, it just does, then they're not for me, you know? But I think when we start polling people and, and getting everybody else's opinion, that's a form of kind of neglecting ourselves and what we really want and need, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So what is like one step that you think women can take to start showing up more authentically and as this truer, fuller version of themselves? Mm. I love this question. Like, can I just say how obsessed I am? With because there are like 500,000 things we could do. Right. But There's I think that's where people get so stuck because it's like, okay, I want to like show up bigger and better in my life. I want a better life that feels more fun and more aligned and all this, but where do I start? Cause I feel so stuck. Cause I've been doing the same thing for the last like three decades. So what do I do? I mean, I love this question. I'm obsessed with this question. I also think it's the hardest question mm -hmm. to answer <laughs> because there's so many things that you could do. And it's so crazy that there are so many things that you can do because, well, it's beautiful and also so overwhelming because mm. I think as a society, unfortunately, women are told to shrink. Women are told to like dim their light and show up for others because we're caretakers, we're this, we have all these identities that we need to take care of other people's needs. And the process of that creates like this common experience of just neglecting our own needs. So I would say if you're just thinking about you and showing up only for you, it's not to say that you're not showing up for your kids or your spouse or any of your friends or your family, but just like the moments that you can unequivocally show up for you and step into what you authentically want is, I'll give a two-part answer. One, listen to your heart. Like, you know what you know, you know what you want and not feeling like you have to filter that to the world, I think is really important. So in order to show up for what you want and need, I think you have to listen to what you need. And I would say too, for anyone who's listening, who's struggling with like making the first move and maybe they've been struggling for like a couple years and whatever facet of their life we're talking about, I would have to say, ditch the comparison. Mm. 
I think in this world of social media, we are being bombarded with reasons and excuses why to not do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think if you're talking about your health goals, or if you're talking about starting a business, I don't care. I think the comparison is very real and it's out there and you're saying you're looking for it. You're looking for the evidence to say, I can't do it. And you see, that's exactly why. Mm-hmm. If I was to listen to that part of myself and say, there's no way I can be a coach to empower women and girls and really be there with them to, to shout from the rooftops that we are all enough because every other coach is out there doing that, I would have never started. Mm-hmm. But pushing through that and like, not to say the comparison isn't going to be there, but like kind of dance with it and, and recognize it's there, but don't let it be in the driver's seat of your life. Because I think all we do is waste time. Mm, I love that. I think in terms of the comparison piece, something that I've learned over the last couple of years is anytime I feel like that hit of comparison or jealousy or like, oh, like I wish I had their business, whatever. Um, or relationship or house or whatever, they are an example to me of what's possible because it's already been done. They've built that successful business. They have met the love of their life. They have done whatever it is that I'm feeling jealous of. Like it's been done before. So then why not me? Yeah. You know? And I, I don't, I don't know what you necessarily believe, but I feel like energetically we're kind of, you know, on the same path here. Mm-hmm. I think that the universe conspires to like show things in your life when it's actually closer than you think, mm-hmm. right? And I think that when it comes to particularly just this fight that I'm, I'm on and part of a mission to be a part of this global conversation is that when you're, we're talking about the jealousy and the comparison, like we started off this episode, like I'm so excited for you and everything that you've been able to create. And I said to you, you're a touch point of where I want to be in my business. Mm-hmm. So there's an opportunity for women to really like look within and kind of ask themselves like, why am I feeling this way? Because it's an opportunity to celebrate every single win in another woman. That like, I'm not trying to act like jealousy is never going to pop up either. It's, it's a human emotion. I get it. But I think that there's an opportunity to really like dig deep and say, why can't I celebrate her mm-hmm. for her success instead of like coveting it? Yeah. So I think that's a huge part of like where it starts within and the more enough that we feel within ourselves, it allows like it to overflow and just like celebrate everyone around us because listen, women can take over the world. <laughs> I think we're and we are. Yes, I think we're on our way, which is so exciting. Um, One thing I like to challenge my clients to do when and that I do myself too when I feel like the jealousy is kicking up or like I see somebody on social and I'm like, oh, like must be nice. You know, I fucking hate must be nice. It's like, you know why it's nice because I work so hard for it, right? But when I but I find myself saying that too, and when that happens, I'm like, all right. I'm going to let them know like, Hey, your like lifestyle is so inspiring to me. You know, like you do this all the time, Dina. And like, Oh my God, like this post that you wrote is just really resonating with me. I'm so glad you posted it. And so it's like, it's turning that jealousy kind of on its head. And Mm -hmm. just like you said, it's celebrating that person. And how does that make you feel to do And How is it going to make the other person feel? And it's really not even light up their day. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a good, I would even do it like at the gym sometimes if I saw a woman who was like really fit and whatever. 
and I said, I said this to a woman in my class. Well, now it's been over a year since I've taken the class, but I was like, I love spinning next to you. I'm like, you really like pushed me to go harder because of how hard you push. And she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, it's like a teeny tiny piece out of their day, but it's going to make you feel good and it's going to make them feel good too. And I think that that's such a good exercise to, to adopt once the, you know, if you feel that jealousy kicking in. Yeah. Um, but okay. Last question for you. What does becoming fully free mean for you? So I think I started in the episode talking about you know, the definition of what fully free kind of means to me in the context of this conversation. But mm-hmm. as I thought about this question, the becoming is what I'm really kind of stuck on. And when I say stuck, like really letting that land for me in this moment, because I think it really is a process, mm-hmm. becoming fully free. I think you have to first admit what you're not free from. For me, I have been hostage to my own inner critic, to other people's judgments, to other people's opinions. And so the unpacking, again, the unlearning of being attached to all those things outside of me has been like first the acknowledgement and then the work. Mm-hmm. And healing the parts of me that felt like I needed to be a hostage to that, like I was an active participant. And I want this level of awareness for all women and girls to realize that like you don't actually have to live life like this. You don't have to be a hostage, a prisoner to anyone else's opinions but your own. And really like, I think the destination, like the it's a journey, but the destination is like, really giving yourself your own validation. Like, it's nice. It's nice to have a partner who will, who will compliment you. It's great to have friends who pump you up. But if you don't actually believe it and really like lead with that, then you're always going to be a prisoner. So I would say feeling like fully free, becoming fully free is like, is that journey of acknowledging what you need to be free from and doing the work to liberate yourself. Mm, I love that. Mm. So speaking of doing the work, how can people work with you? Give us all the info. <laughs> tell us about your, your programs. Tell us I where they can it. find you. What a perfect segue. It. That just worked out so it. naturally. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, so anyone can find me on social media, on Instagram. It's at enough labs. Um, our website is www.enoughlabs.com. And I actually have a couple of spots open for my Empowered You one-on-one coaching program, which is all about ditching limiting beliefs and negative self-talk and really stepping into the badass version of yourself. Like that fierce, unapologetic woman that's living on beneath you and like is ready to come out and play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I work with um, dope women who, who are ready, who are ready to like take the coaching and run, um, who are resourceful, who are resilient and like ready to share their gifts. So I am so willing and ready to meet, um, anyone who's listening, who does want to work with me, be incredible. I love it. And you also have a free download that we're going to give these guys, right? I do. Yes. It's actually funny that we talked about self-care. It's all about like identifying your self-care language. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) I mean, if this is just not perfection, I don't know what it is. So good. All right, Dina. Well, thank you so much for being on. This was so much fun. And I mean, 
you guys, you're going to have to listen to this episode a few times because I think there are a lot of nuggets in there that you might miss the first time around. So thanks for being here, girlfriend. Thank you. Thank you. If this episode has hit home for you and you'd like to dive deeper into this work with me as your coach so you can become fully free, head to fueledphysique.com forward slash fully free to apply for my one-on-one coaching program, where we'll not only heal your relationship with food in your body, but we'll take your entire life to the next level. I can't wait to read your application.